are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me this week on Saturday at 2 p.m. to get in on the action. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill NBA. You can find me on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. You can also find me over at Detroit Bad Boys buying articles about the Pistons. And today, I went to you guys for help for what to talk about on today's podcast. I'm not going to lie, I was drawing a little bit of a blank. Uh, didn't have any guests coming on for Monday's episode, so I was like, man, I don't really know what to talk about. I went to Twitter, asked you guys, hey, give me some topics to talk about. What do you guys want to hear in tomorrow's podcast? And you guys responded really well, gave me about like 16 different ideas. So we're just going to go through like each one of these and just talk about all the things you guys suggested that you guys wanted to hear. So that should be a little bit of fun. And also, Locked on Cavs, the host, Evan Damerel, I don't know if I said his last name uh, right, I'm sorry about that, but... He having like his listeners call in and like leave like like call into the podcast. I'm actually going to look into how to do that because I think that would be a lot of fun to have you guys call in and like record it live. So I'm gonna go talk to him. I'm gonna see how he does that, and what like the whole setup is with that, and try do it over here. And that should be a lot of fun. So I'll make sure to let you guys know about that whenever I get that whole thing uh, put together. But first, before we even talk about the Pistons, I actually want to talk about the NBA Finals real quick. I hope that's okay with you guys. Um, so I'm recording this in the end of the fourth quarter of Game 3 of the Bucks and Suns Finals game, obviously. And Giannis just posted back-to-back 40-point games in the NBA Finals. Now, the reason why I want to talk about this is because I really feel like what's going on with Giannis in these playoffs is kind of, it just gets on my nerves because there's been so much talk over the past two years or however long you want to talk about it. Uh, it's been a long time of people saying that he shows up in the playoffs and just and just fails and he plays awful in the playoffs. Uh, I've never believed that. I don't think he's ever played bad in the playoffs. Maybe not as well as you'd like. I think there's some other reasons for why that is. But anyways, back-to-back 40-point games in the NBA Finals after dropping... He's had multiple historic games throughout these playoffs, by the way. He's had a 42-point game seven against Kevin Durant to close out the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, he's had multiple other just historic-level games in these playoffs. And if this was any other superstar, like legit, if this was LeBron James, like we watched it happen with LeBron in 2018. His 2018 finals run, absolutely insane. Now, he's not, I don't think Giannis is doing it on that level, but that run by LeBron in 2018 was absolutely insane and we couldn't do nothing but worship him every single day throughout the entire playoff run. Yet, Giannis dropped 40 points after the game two and we had people coming on ESPN and people actually saying that, Oh, well, you know, Giannis dropped 40, but did it really matter? Because he's not actually making his teammates better. He sure got his teammates more involved. That's why they lost. They can never, uh, Giannis never makes his teammates better. The dude just dropped 40 points. And then he comes out game three, down 2-0, a critical game three. He loses this game. The season's basically over, and he drops another 40-point game. Like, back-to-back 40-point games in the NBA Finals, only two other players have done that, Shaq and LeBron James in 2016. No, 40.10 rebound games, back-to-back, Shaq and LeBron. Shaq in 2000 and LeBron in 2016. So all I wanted to say, I just wanted to talk about the finals real quick. I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys aren't just Pistons fans. You guys watch the NBA as well. So I want to talk about the finals. because I think Giannis is putting on absolute historic 
playoff run right now, it's not being talked about because people have this like weird bias against Giannis because he's not a three-point shooter. Or I guess people don't find his game aesthetically pleasing. Um, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I think he's absolutely putting on a historic playoff run. It's been absolutely amazing to watch. And if one of Chris Milton and Drew Holiday can just continue to show up for him the rest of the playoffs, uh, I, I, I think they could win the NBA Finals still. I think they could come back and win this series, as long as one of them just show up. Because Holiday showed up tonight and it helped. Bobby Porter showed up helped off the bench. Look what happened. 20-point game. Uh, actually, let's look at the score right now. Yeah, they're down by they're up by 19 right now with a minute left. So, yeah, basically a 20-point win right here. So, yeah, I think Giannis is putting himself into that category of all-time greats with this NBA playoff run, especially with his play in these finals. He's been he's been absurd, and anyone that tells you otherwise or tries to give you this BS analysis that he hasn't been great, he's been absolutely spectacular, and it's crazy that he's not being talked about enough, and he's not being given his flowers for some odd reason. It's really annoying for me. Uh, but anyways, we can go ahead and get into what you guys want to talk about with the Pistons. Let's go ahead and go to this tweet and see what it is that you guys wanted to talk about today. So the first one I see is from L.O. Quint. He says, let's go ahead and recap the exhibition game and offer for Collins on Tuesday's podcast. Yeah, I've already said earlier in the podcast I'm going to talk to Evan and see how exactly he does that. It's kind of confusing me. Like, I, like for example, if I'm just sitting here recording, I'm sitting here waiting for you guys to call. Like, I'm assuming that it's not actually a live call. I'm assuming he has, like, people call in beforehand. And like leave voicemails and he plays it. I think that would be like my idea of what it is. I highly doubt he just let people call in on his phone and also put his phone number out like that. I don't know. I need to go talk to him and figure out how he does it because I do want to. I think it'd be a lot of fun to have you guys call in and leave like voicemails or call in live to the podcast. Also, there's trolls out there and I could have someone, I'd be like, okay, call in, blah, blah. And then you guys could call in and someone could just be on some BS and like get me canceled or something. So I, I gotta go talk to him and figure out how he's doing that and, and gas this all going. So I, I'll, I'll let you guys know about that. Um, but the exhibition game with the USA team, uh, people are obviously making too much of it. Uh, Duncan Smith actually had a funny tweet. Uh, he, he tweeted out talking about, uh, I feel bad for everyone who bet the money line for the USA team, which I'm sure was 99.9% of people. And I'm sure there were some people that lost a lot of money betting on that USA game. Uh, but yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It's an exhibition game. Uh, you got players who aren't even on like the actual team playing right now. And like Sadiq Bay, not, not Hohen Sadiq. We love Sadiq. The fact he's out there. It's crazy, uh, but yeah, come on. It's not that big of a deal. It's an exhibition game. They'll be straight. Uh, KD couldn't hit anything he threw up, so I mean, it is what it is. They'll be straight. And also, Epke Udo, that's a name that I hadn't heard in a very long time. I remember being a kid riding into the Pistons.com mailbag with Keith Langlis and saying how I liked Epke Udo and wanted us to draft him. I believe that was in Greg Monroe's draft. I believe that's when it was. Uh, but yeah, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. I heard that name during that game, so... That was pretty cool to see. But, yeah, I think the USA team, they'll be fine. It's not that big of a deal. Everyone's making a big deal of it uh, because that's usually how fans are and how people are. But everyone, I think everyone obviously understands that, like, <laughs> they're going to win the gold medal most likely. So, next one. This is going to be the last one before we go to the ad break. So, we got one from Slick. He says, will the Pistons change the uniform this year or next year? So, you guys already know how I feel about the Pistons branding, their logo, their their just everything to do with, with style, their jerseys, everything. I hate it all. You guys know that. Even though I will give them credit. Actually, I have to give them credit. Because the draft cap, uh, it's not bad. I don't think it's bad. They also had that Martin, um, that little, uh, I don't know what it was, the closing line, or, or I, I don't know what it was. Uh, but that whole little partnership they did with that gear, that was fire. So that's that's two things in like the last five months that they've done that I thought weren't that bad. So maybe they're catching on to it. But do they change their jerseys this year or next year? I don't know. I don't know how that works. I'm sure there's like some rules uh, that a lot of us may not know about to how many times you can change your uniform or when you can change your uniform and when you can do what. Like, I don't know. 
Um, I hope they do. I guess that will be my answer. I hope they do at some point this year or next year or really soon, especially with getting like this new era with this number one overall pick and this new this new team. Just get like a fresh look, uh, a nice fresh look. Actually, let me put nice in front of that because it's more important for it to look good, not a fresh, nasty look. I'd rather it look good. Uh, but, yeah, I hope they do it soon, so we'll see, hopefully. But before we get into any more of all the tweets that you guys sent me, the things you guys want to hear talked about, let me tell you about one of you guys' sponsors, your guys' favorite sponsor, actually, Built Bar. The best-tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors in caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All flavors are covered in incredible-tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. A flavor I suggest is the peanut butter flavor, packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try a Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. So real quick before we get back to everything you guys sent in and what you guys wanted to hear talk about, uh, obviously, you guys who have been listening, you guys know we've had Bryce from Motor City Hoops on a lot. We've had Hal from the Busted Header podcast on a lot. But we haven't really had a lot of other people. Um, actually, I don't think the only other person I believe we had was Omari Sankofa of the Detroit News. I believe he writes for either the News or the Free Pad. I always confuse those. But you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, so if there's anybody you guys want on here that I haven't had on here yet, uh, I'm pretty cool with almost everybody in Pistons Twitter and, and that has like any kind of... Um, relationship in the Pistons community I'm pretty cool with all of them so if there's anybody that you guys want on here uh, make sure you guys tweet me at NBA and tell me hey we'd like to see this guy see if you can bring him on and I'll talk to them and see if they'd like to come on the podcast so just let me know that and if you don't have Twitter you can also leave it down below in a review uh, say that you want someone on here I can try to go get them as well and yeah so just let me know about that uh, anyways let's go ahead and get into the the tweets that you guys sent me this one is from Kilm Killian he says is Stewart more valuable off the bench would give us a nice scoring punch on the second unit. Tremendous energy when he checks in. He can still close out games as well. I also see him getting more touches on the second unit. So um, there's two things with the, the tweet you just sent and the question you just presented to me. Um, one, I don't know. If, it depends who the Pistons have like starting ahead of him. So like I, you guys have heard me talk about many times about the whole rim running, lob threat, bouncy guy that has a large catch radius and can like alter shots at the rim. If they want to start that kind of guy at center with Cade and Killian, then okay, then that would make sense. Then yeah, I think he'd probably be better suited off the bench for the Pistons. Not only the, for the Pistons, for himself and for Killian, Cade, and everyone else in the lineup. I, I personally just really do believe that, that that fits more, that lineup, what they need at the center position. Uh, but the second thing you said, mentioning about giving him a score, uh, giving the Pistons a nice scoring punch on the second unit. Uh, I don't know if Isaiah Stewart is that kind of dude. Uh, he gets a lot of his buckets from offensive rebounds, uh, occasional p- pick and pop uh, threes. I don't think he's ever going to be, or not ever. I don't think he's going to be this year, or possibly even like ne- the two years from now, a guy that just comes in and gets buckets for you off the bench, or is that kind of guy? Like uh, the first person I think of like that is Montrezl Harrell. Uh, I'm sure that's not what you meant. I'm not going to say that's what you meant, but I just don't think Stewart's like that guy. Uh, so I don't know, even if they brought him off the bench, if he could be that kind of guy. Though, I agree with you, the tremendous energy off the bench when he checks in could definitely be like a momentum swing. We, so, I don't know. It all depends about who they'd be starting in front of him. It has nothing to do with Stu as a le- uh, level of player himself. It's just if, if they have one of those guys, or they end up getting one of those guys that I've been saying I really want on the team, then yeah, it, I think it would probably make best sense for to start him instead 
of Stu, and then let Stu come off the bench and do what he does. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get into the next one. Next one is from Trevor. Who, oh, no, Trevor trolled me with a tweet. He just says basketball, particularly the Detroit Pistons. Thank Trevor. I didn't think about that. I thought about talking about someone else on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. <laughs> Anyways, next one is from Hermie. He says, at what point would even the biggest Cade Homer have to acquiesce to a deal pre-draft? Okay, so I'm glad this actually was asked because I've seen a lot of Oklahoma City people. Um, I know Locked On Thunder, also the guy over there, Ryland, he tweeted out like this this, uh, this gif of the Grinch smiling and having everybody like, oh my God, what does this mean? What does this mean? And then there was another Oklahoma City guy that tweeted out saying, oh, don't be surprised if you hear Oklahoma City, Detroit, and a ton of draft picks uh, on draft night. Um, I, first of all, I just want to say I don't believe any of that's going to happen. I think the Pistons are going to draft Cade. I really don't think that the offer that would take for them to pass up on Cade is even out there. I don't think that's even possible. Uh, but for a trade, for me to be okay with it, it, you would have to be absolutely robbing the other team to where it's like just so obviously like a robbery. Uh, so like, I don't know. I don't even think I can come up with one that like I would take. But like theoretically, give us a young player, um, like a, a really good young player. Like, okay, so when people say young players, by the way, I've seen this happen on Twitter a lot too. People be sending me trade, uh, fake trades. Just because a dude's a young player doesn't mean he's an enticing young player or an enticing enough young player to get the number one overall draft pick. So, like, for example, Darius Garland. Darius Garland is not a number one overall, uh, worth the number one overall pick. He's not enough right there. Con Sexton, he's also not worth that. Like, when we're talking about quality, like, young guy to get what Kay Cunningham, get Kay Cunningham, basically, like, I, I saw actually one trade that actually would make sense uh, if you're looking just at talent-wise. I don't think it would make sense team-wise. I don't really think the Pistons should do that. But, like, this would probably be, like, the closest one I could have thought of is if, like, Philadelphia had, like, the second pick or something or, like, the third pick. And they wanted to trade like Ben Simmons that third pick, or actually, you know what? I'm not gonna say that because that would, like I said, that would just be a robbery. Like Philadelphia would never do that. I just don't know. I can't think of anything. It would have to be like a really good young player with an immense ceiling. You'd also have to give me a pick in this year's draft, preferably in the top five, probably top four, honestly. Actually, not even top four because top three, you'd want Jalen Green or Evan Mobley. So probably top three, and then also like a future pick as well. Like that's the whole I'm looking at for you to take Kay Cunningham because I believe he really is that guy. So if you want to get him, that's what it would take. So, And that's why I just don't believe that, that offer is out there. Like it's just, I, I just don't see how it's possible for that trade to even manufacture itself. So yeah, that, that would be what it would take for me to be okay with it. And like I said, it's just, it's not really out there, at least in my opinion. So let's look at this next one. Uh, this one is from Alex Urban. He says, opportunities for Bay to learn from some of the league's best while on the select team and what it could mean for his Pistons tenure. Um, the thing is, I don't know, like, how much playing actually playing for the teams. Like, I'm sure he's picking up on some things. I think the most important thing is, and I think one of you guys actually tweeted at me this. Yeah, Arthur did. We'll get into that. We'll kind of intertwine both you guys' tweets. I think the bigger thing here with Bay, Grant, and Stewart all being there is the relationships that they're going to form, how they can spread good vibes about what's going on with the Pistons, also with this number one overall pick happening in the same offseason, being able to get Cade. You can make relationships and try to show guys, hey, you know, this is what's happened over in Detroit, man. Like, obviously, there's tampering going on, no doubt. Uh, you can, like, make side comments like, yeah, you know, Detroit got it going on over here. We're getting this number of our pick. I just think that relationship part is, like, the bigger deal to me. Like, I'm sure Sadiq Bey is going to pick up on some things from, like, other players, and he's going to learn some moves or, like, see how guys' work ethic is, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know how much it actually helps him just being at the select team for, like, what is it, like a week and a half or two weeks? I don't know how long it is. 
but yeah, I, I don't know about that. But the relationship wise, absolutely, I completely, I completely think that that is a major positive and something that could help the Pistons moving down the line. And that kind of intertwines with the tweet from Arthur. He says, "How between Cade coming in or in place of a young nucleus, the Team USA appearances of Jeremy Grant and the Young Bucks can lead to finally landing a big free agent through relationship building. If they do believe, which I think they do, that we are building something here." So. Yeah, like I just said, I think the Pistons are doing a really good job building something here. I think we all agree that with that. Troy Weaver has done a really good job with Jeremy Grant coming here, some of the picks he made. And obviously, again, this number one overall pick, probably going to be Cade Cunningham. The Pistons have a bright future ahead of them, a, a really good foundation in my opinion. They have a, a nice coach for this roster. They have a great GM so far. They have an owner, which there's plenty of things to criticize Tom Gores on, but he seems like he's been willing to spend his money and do what it takes to win. And they have cap flexibility in the next year or two. So they're going to be able to get guys. They're going to be able to go out and get these, if if they're out there and they're interested, get the, some of these big fishes and get some of these free agents to come play here before these rookie guys' contract comes up to have to pay. And that's really good. So, you know, I, I think this is a good foundation. They're setting themselves up perfectly. And it kind of like all is coming together perfectly with the the Team USA happening the same summer that you get the number one overall pick, the summer after Jeremy Grant and after a, a year of Troy River showing that, hey, Detroit's doing something over here, building a good foundation. Like, it's all coming together beautifully. So, yeah, I think the relationship part of them getting over there in Team USA is definitely going to help. They'll probably make some friends, some guys that like to play with them. So, yeah, I guess we have to wait a few years down the line to see if that actually happens. But that that's my biggest takeaway from them being here. I really don't see... Like how Sadiq Bey being there for a few weeks is going to like transform his game, other than maybe like seeing seeing some moves and try to imitate some moves or like some work ethic kind of things, something like that. And it's always good to get some reps, by the way. It's like they're going to be playing basketball and be able to play basketball with the. I guess that's another thing that could probably be really good too is playing with that those kind of trainers underneath Greg Popovich and see and being able to train against those type of level of players. I guess that's another good thing, but. For me, I think the biggest takeaway potentially is the relationships they can build and, and good vibes they can spread about the Pistons right now. So when we come back, I'll finish out some of the tweets that you guys sent in and what you guys wanted to hear talk about on today's podcast. But before we get into the last of that, we're going to talk about one of our sponsors today, BetOnline AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan, if you didn't know this. And if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there's one problem I constantly ran into. There's just so many different apps to bet through. Which betting app is the best to use? Which one is the best for me? That's why I found Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season might be over, but the NBA and MLB are still in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, Bet Online even has you covered there too. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, things I didn't even know you could bet on. Bet Online has real time update odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. Bet Online is the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and make sure you use promo code LOCKED ON. BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts. So before we dive back into the tweets that you guys sent in, let me just ask you guys something and get you guys an answer and opinion on something that I was arguing with my with one of my friends and my fiance with yesterday. Uh, let me know what you guys think about this at Kuka Hill NBA on Twitter. So you, if you guys know what CJ Barrymore is, if you guys live in Michigan, you guys should probably know. If you guys live in like the southeast area of Michigan, you guys should know what CJ Barrymore is. Um, those of you who do, would you guys call CJ Barrymore's an amusement park? Like, is that what it's like? Is that what it's called? Because my boy thinks it's called an amusement park. My girl says it's called an entertainment center. 
I didn't know that if it was an amusement park or an entertainment center. I honestly don't really know what to call it. I just call it a place you go and have fun at. So, like, if you tell me what you guys call it, is it like, is it like actually an amusement park? Like, if you didn't have a name for it, like, what is it? If you had to box it into a category, what the hell is it? Because honestly, I don't know what like to box it into. Because if you say an amusement park, my fiance is like, oh, well, there's not a bunch of roller coasters there. You can't call it an amusement park. But then I'm also like, do all amusement parks have roller coasters? I don't know. So, like, let me know what you guys think. It's just like a little fun conversation that me. My fiance, my boy, were having. I wanted you guys' opinion because I really don't know what to call it. But, anyways, uh, let's get back into the Detroit Pistons on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Something that should be talking about the Pistons and Pistons only. Uh, Bryce at Motor City Hoops says, "Who is your top three favorite Pistons of all time and favorite non-Pistons of all time?" Okay, this is a fun one. Uh, thank you, Bryce, for this one. This is probably your first one that you've submitted that I actually am in, in, enjoying answering. The last few you've tried to get me on, but the, this one's actually fun. So, top three. Top three favorite Pistons of all time. Uh, one of them will have to be... Actually, this is going to be hard. This is going to make me think. So one's Blake's season in 2018-19. I know things didn't end very well, but that I don't care what anyone says. That This is some of my list. Uh, Blake Griffin's going to be on there. I think that I then would also have to have Rip. Rip would have to be in my second. And then either Chauncey or Ben would have to be my one of my top... Uh, one of my third. It's too hard to pick between one of those two. But you guys, if you guys listened to one of my earlier podcasts on with Locked On Pistons, I said that I don't really think that I should be able to include that team because it's kind of like cheating. Uh, and I don't know. For me, it's kind of like cheating. So if I had to, if if I'm not allowed to pick anyone from the going to work area, it would be Blake. It would probably then also be Andre, uh, Andre Drummond, and then also I, I'd probably pick Brandon Jennings' little stretch uh, with the Pistons. Either Brandon Jennings' little stretch with the Pistons or Stanley Johnson. Uh, when he was here, and then my non-favorite Pistons of all time, uh, I don't know. Does Derrick Rose count? Because Derrick Rose spent a year and a half here. I don't know if he counts as a Piston or if I can say him as a non-Piston. So I guess I just won't use him uh, since he. I don't know if you guys would allow that. Let's go ahead and go with Steph Curry. Steph Curry would be on my list, and then also, by the way, this is gonna be like currently because I'm not gonna go back in the day. Because if we go like back to when guys are retired, I'm probably gonna say MJ. Uh, but no, we're going to go like add my list as of right now. So I'd probably go Steph, uh, Giannis. Giannis would probably be on the list as well. And then also, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could pick a third one because then there's a bunch of like other like not as good guys that I really like watching. Like I like I really like to watch Lonzo. I really like to watch Kelly Oubre. Uh, I, I really like to watch Aaron Gordon play. Um, who are some other guys? Those are like three of the ones that t- jump off the bat that I really like uh, and have enjoyed watching. Dame. I really like Dame. Uh, I don't know. So I guess, I guess I'll just give you like two and Steph and Giannis and then a bunch of, and then just say like, there's a bunch of players tied for three right now, but the, the list is fluid. Everybody, the f- list is fluid. It may change next year. I may have a new top three. Okay. It's fluid. The only person who is 100% staying on that list, no matter what would be Steph Curry. Cause that Steph Curry is my dude. But anyways, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. This one's going to be from Eli Bashi. He says, if you could add one go to move or drew a move to all of our starters bags, what would you add? For example, for me, if Killian had this move in his bag, it would be beautiful, and it's a gift of little Rondo's popular little uh, behind-the-back uh, fake pass. So if I had to pick one, it would probably be – I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't do nothing too fancy. My mind would probably be with Killian using that, like – I don't even know how to explain this. Uh, like the left-hand finger roll layup on the right side of the rim, like when you contort your body when your back's to the bat, uh, to the rim and, like, scoop it underneath – like, you guys know what I'm saying? Like, when you're on the right side of the rim and use your left hand and, like, quickly put the ball up on the rim, 
He doesn't really do that. He likes to do like a little drifting floater with his left hand because he's not really good with his right right now. So like preferably you obviously would like him to use his right. But if he could just like slither his way and like use that left hand scoop layup, uh, finger roll type of thing on the right side of the rim, I think that would really help him because he, he can get there. It's just that he's not really confident in his right hand right now. So he often settles for floaters. If he could just get like that little quick uh, scoop thing. Actually, you know, I'm going to ask Hal, because I believe Hal did like a whole little film thing about why he needs to incorporate that into his games. So I'm going to ask him what he calls it and what's actually like what's the name of that move actually is called. I do that a lot in pickup games. That's usually my go-to move when I'm going to the left side of the rim. I feel like I'm pretty, uh, like I can use my left hand, but it just feels like using your right hand on the left side and your left hand on the right side. If you're able to do that like little scoop finger roll layup, uh, it gets off real, real faster and it, you can like avoid a shot blocker behind you or in front of you. Uh, I just think it's more creative and it's easier to get off. So if he could incorporate that into his game, I think that would really, really help him because it would eliminate a lot of those bad floaters that he takes that really are really tough to hit floating away from the rim. But yeah, I'm only going to give one because if I went through all the starters, it would take like the next 10 minutes. And I don't want to do that, Eli. So the only I'll just give you Killian's and that would be mine. So, so this last one, I believe, is from Matt Clinn. I believe this is the last one. Uh, he says, what to do in free agency. So obviously, after the draft and once we get closer to the free agency, we'll dive more into this, like more in-depth. I'll have people on. We'll like go through targets and talk about specific needs. But I guess if I wanted to just like keep it broad here and not like spoil like a whole week of content in the, in the future, uh, this would be my, my goals here. One, get Frank Jackson back. We signed Frank Jackson. Two, in my ideal world, would uh, re-sign Hamadou Diallo for a reasonable price. Uh, I obviously we have our limits to what we should be paying for him, but my goal would be to find a way to bring Hamadou Diallo back without completely crushing your salary cap. And then assuming that the Pistons in this hypothetical just have not made any other trades, I would say get yourself a veteran point guard to back up uh, either Killian or Cade. Now I understand, I think personally, uh, before the season even starts, they're probably going to stagger a lot of their minutes at point guard. And then also when they aren't at point guard, maybe Saban Lee is going to be the backup moving forward. Uh, but I think they still need to have that veteran point guard. I'm not sure about Saban Lee being the backup. And then even if he is, you still would like to have like a stable vet in case something happens to one of them. Or just to give like some leadership to those guys. And then lastly, uh, like I've been saying and preaching for the longest, go try to get like, if, I, I don't even know if like there's one on the free agent market that you can go get. I have to look after this podcast. But find a way to get a bouncy rim running lob threat. Like, I've been preaching for the long. You guys are probably sick of me hearing hearing me say this over and over. But, yeah, that's just one of my main goals this offseason. I really think it's at the top of my list. So, that's those are the three things I'd like to see the Pistons address in free agency. Actually, I, I don't know if that was three. I think that might have been four things. But, yeah, those are my broad topics of what I'd like the Pistons to, or broad goals that I'd like the Pistons achieve in free agency. And then once we get closer to that and we see what happens at the draft, if they made any trades, draft day trades, we can dive even further into it at that time. But, yeah, those are my goals right now. And, yeah, that's going to be it for today's podcast. But, however, before we end it today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoff coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it and 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. So my prediction for the next game of these NBA finals, it's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks evening out the series at 2-2 and going back to Phoenix with a chance to take the lead at 3-2. I still think the Bucks are going to win the series if Giannis can simply have one guy help him. But, yeah. Today's playoff coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. 
Uh, I'll see you guys on Tuesday. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I appreciate you guys all listening, as always. And I will see you guys in the next one. If you guys haven't already, make sure you guys go down below, subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star review, and say any comment you want to me down there. Also, follow me on Twitter, at MBA. and I will see you guys on Tuesday. Peace out, everybody. Have a great day.